really good for us to be able to share this Christmas time together and to celebrate at our Christmas uh, celebration. If you're watching later on, maybe you're picking this up perhaps after Christmas. I hope you've had a great time. If you're watching along live uh, this Sunday afternoon, well, it's a real privilege for us to be able to continue to share uh, the great message of Jesus. If you were able to be with us during the end of November into the beginning of December, we looked at a particular character in the Bible. His name is John the Baptist. And in lots of ways, each of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they prepare for the coming of Jesus with the story of John the Baptist. He prepares the way, he builds the ground, he points in a remarkable way to Jesus. In fact, only two of the gospel writers record the actual story that we celebrate today as Christmas, the birth of Jesus. In fact, John the Baptist does more for us in preparing the way and preparing the expectation of Jesus coming. One of the things that we noticed is that John, the prophet who cries out in darkness really, reminds us that the coming of Jesus comes in a place of darkness. We all know the story um, of the coming of Jesus where the angels speak to the shepherds at night. Nothing could be more vivid, really, at the coming of darkness in that hillside below Bethlehem. We see the shepherds quietly, maybe talking to each other, suddenly stunned, surprised by the incredible sight of the angels, a great shining throng declaring the coming of Jesus and saying to them, go up into Bethlehem and see the one who has been born. We're so used to that story. We're so excited uh, about the story of Jesus and the shepherds and the wise men. But the story of Jesus' birth actually comes at a time of great hardship. We read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 to 5 these words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Very often we read through verses like that and we don't actually see the impact, the significance. But I want you to imagine the huge upheaval that occurred when Caesar Augustus decided that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world and people had to travel from maybe where they had now settled back to their place of birth so that they could be registered. It is an incredible upheaval. Government powers being brought to bear on people to act in a way which is surprising, which is uncomfortable, uh, which is unsettling. We then carry on and read, rather than just the upheaval in general terms, we see how it impacted one particular little family. I want you to imagine what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph to travel to Bethlehem. Mary is heavily pregnant and she is required to make a very long trip. 
a trip which would be uncomfortable at the best of times in days before any kind of um, transport which would help on a journey like that. It would have been a long walk, sharing her travels, maybe riding on, on an animal at times, and then sharing the walking and, and being carried. It's a picture which shows this little family going through great hardship. It magnifies the hardship in a way. It draws to our attention how difficult it must have been for that little family to make the trip to Bethlehem. And yet at the same time, in the unfolding story of how God is going to engage with this world and bring hope, it was essential that that little family traveled to Bethlehem. And the reason is because the one who had been promised hundreds and hundreds of years ago, before Mary and Joseph took that trip, it was promised that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. And so a family who were not in Bethlehem had to travel to Bethlehem. And the mechanism and the means for a family to make that extraordinary trip was no less than a census by Caesar Augustus, which had a greater purpose. All the time it had a greater purpose in the determination of God to bring hope into the world. And so we see against that backdrop of difficulty and hardship, we see a saviour being born into the world. Our reading carries on. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Against that backdrop of governmental upheaval, against that backdrop of wide hardship and difficulty, and against that very personalized backdrop of difficulty for this little family, I think this year, perhaps more than any year in our experience, we can draw a parallel with the difficulties of the first Christmas, with the difficulties for many of this. Christmas time. Necessary government, government imposition on our lives. Upheaval. Unexpected experiences at this festive time. A time when we don't expect to be separated from those that we love, and yet many of us by necessity have to be. A time of hardship. And I know and you know as well that that general difficulty and hardship, which is experienced by all of our society today, for many has become very personal. It is a time of difficulty. It is a time of challenge. We could almost describe it as a time of darkness for many. And yet, that hope which was experienced in Bethlehem those 2,000 years ago, which spoke across the ages, also speaks to us today. 
within all of the celebration that we are missing, within all of the upheaval, the one thing that we want to point you to today is the great news that a saviour is born. A saviour was the declaration of the birth of Jesus. One who is going to bring hope and delivery against the scourge and impact of disruption and pain and darkness in this world. In general terms, Jesus comes and he points to the hope of salvation that God declares to all people. And yet at the same time, each one of us have the opportunity this Christmas time to move from that general message of hope to a personal message of hope. For us to be able to recognize that this Savior has been born into the world is more than a general declaration of God's goodness. He is the hope of a personal Savior for everyone who turns to him and looks to him for hope. Because the challenges that we face all around us are the scourge and impact of human rebellion, the brokenness of this world, the rebellion against the God who created this world. And yet at the same time, there is hope. Because God declares that in spite of that, I will send a savior. And you will call his name Jesus. And for those who know the name of Jesus in a personal way, there is that personal confidence, that personal experience of a saviour. Because each of us are not just impacted by that scourge of rebellion. We also contribute to that scourge of rebellion. And Jesus comes to bring us hope. Our prayer from Christchurch is that everyone who listens, everyone who looks on at this few minutes where we've been able to share our Christmas time, our celebration, that it will go beyond just looking on and that you will know the hope of a saviour who has been born and that you will be able to call his name personally my Jesus. We pray that God will bless you this Christmas time.